Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this morning here on the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I am doing very, very well for a Tuesday morning. Uh, we've got a great show, Cindy, lined up for this morning. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, great young ladies coming on uh, from the Symmetra Tour, now heading on their way to the uh, LPJ Tour for next season. Of course, they're finished in the top 10 of uh, the Volvic race for the card uh, this season on Symmetra, so uh, both earning their, their LPJ. And actually, uh, just an interesting side note, which we'll talk about a little, little, little bit later, excuse me. Um, our second guest, uh, Julieta Granada, was actually on the LPGA uh, a couple of seasons back. In fact, 2006, she... Uh, made her debut on the LPJ uh, Tour after getting her uh, card through the Symmetra the previous season. So she's already been out there, uh, much like one of our previous guests, I believe, last week. Uh, so it'll be interesting to get her take on what she's uh, learned from her past experience uh, to take forward uh, to another season out there. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, And then we're going to have, of course, first up here in just a few moments, uh, as soon as she comes on board, uh, Esther Lee. She's been on the show as well. Uh, in the past, she finished in the ninth spot this year, uh, Volvic race for the cards. So she's also going to be heading out. Interesting notes: um, neither girl uh, actually, Cindy, won any tournaments this season on the Symmetra Tour. Yet they still managed to do well enough uh, to get into that top ten spot. So very, very interesting, very exciting. And uh, as I said, we'll bring uh, Esther on here in just a few moments when she comes on board. But in the meantime, uh, Cindy, how did boot camp go? Oh, I didn't do it yet. It's coming up in a week and a half. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I, where I was, though, I was babysitting. Our daughter works for that's Golf right. Channel, and um, she was in Tokyo at the Zozo. She went there for the Skins game in the Zozo. And it's funny how one person can affect the lives of so many. I said, are you going to be able to get back on Monday? And she goes, it depends on what Tiger does. And needless right. to say, Tiger won his 82nd tournament and tied Sam Snead's record. So needless to say, Kelly could not get home. And they had to, you know, make a mad dash for who's going to watch these two little babies because Ben works at the Golf Channel as well. So life was just a little bit nuts. And Kelly, I uh, texted her this morning. It's 6 a.m. And she said, I'm in the car service on my way to the house. She went from... Tokyo to Honolulu to LA to Orlando. So she's home safe wow. and sound, thank God. Very good. Yeah, very, very exciting to see Tiger uh come through again. He he played a great tournament. I didn't see it all, but I did I watched uh, bits here and there. 
and obviously uh, tying uh, with uh, uh, the late great Sam Snead, uh, his records, and uh, just a lot of excitement right now. I think uh, you know in in golf in general, but uh, certainly uh, everyone's excited to see Tiger uh, get another W in his uh, in his repertoire. So very very exciting. And so I I, uh, I guess you you had some grandparent boot camp going on. <laughs> last week or so, yes, right? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> that was that was a boot camp in itself. All right, well, while we wait for Esther to come on board, um, maybe you can just quickly remind everybody, I know that you've got uh, uh, boot camp coming up, you said, about a week and a half time, but you also have some for next season, so maybe you want to give those a quick plug uh, for anybody that might be interested uh, in partaking, if there's still some availability or spots uh, open, how they can go about doing that. They can email me, Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com, and or they can go to CindyMillerGolf.com and click on Boot Camp, and they can see all the dates. We're going to have one in January right around the PGA show. We're going to have one in February, March, and April. So January, February, March, and April, if you really want to work on your game and totally improve from the inside out, um, come join us. It's at Orange County National. Golf Club and Resort in Orlando, Florida. So tell us, Cindy, a little bit, just for those that maybe are listening for the first time, a little bit what goes on at the boot camps. We've got some time here. As I said, Esther's not quite here yet. So um, maybe you can just kind of give an overview of uh, what people might expect at the boot camp. Well, we start in the morning with breakfast in the uh, restaurant at the golf club. And... We go over your assessment. So this, as I said, we're going to improve your game from the inside out, which means you're going to take some behavior assessments, some a learning style assessment to find out if you're audio, visual, or kinesthetic. How do you learn best so we can speak your language to you? And whether you're a high D, which is a driven competitive person, a high I, which is influencing and talkative and doesn't like details, a high S, which is steady, slow, uh, paced person, and a high C, which is conscientious and analytical. So knowing yourself is uh, the first step in learning how to own your game. And then we go out to the range and we work on, uh, we start with short shots, like under 50 yards. And we teach you how to hit it clean, airborne, and straight on purpose, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 yards. So if I said to you, okay, I need you to fly this 40 yards over the bunker, you're going to know how to do that. And it's going to be written down. We have an own your game notebook that we, everybody gets. And then um, that's the beginning of teaching you how to hit it clean, airborne, and straight with every club. And then we have lunch, and then we go out and play 18 holes every day. And we're with you for the whole 18 holes, which I mean, we call it boot camp for a reason. It's not a golf vacation. It's definitely you're right. going to learn how to play golf better. Right, and, and and that's important to understand. I mean, obviously, you know, um, they are going to have an enjoyable experience, but the the main purpose there is for people that really want to improve their game. As I said, it's not a you know, it's not a golf vacation. Um, certainly, you want people to have a good time with the experience, uh, but they're there to work, right? They are there to work. And and those who come, it's, you know, it's funny because most times we have repeat customers year after year after year. We've got some people from Pennsylvania that have come probably every year for 10 or 15 years. 
which is right. odd, you know, but that's what they do. And um, it's like a tune-up for the season. Most, you know, people from the north uh, want to come in January, February, March, or April to get ready for the season. Uh, we're doing a first one in November in a couple of weeks, and those are the people that are going down to Florida for their winter season, and they want to make sure that they're doing everything correctly and really change their game and get better. Right. Now, is there anything, um, you know, if you were going to give somebody that maybe has never been there before some advice, is there anything that they can do to prepare to come down? Should they be, um, you know, doing any sort of preparation or just, you know, get everything packed up and come down and all hands on deck, so to speak? Uh, it's all hands on deck. I wouldn't do a whole lot to prepare because um, swing-wise, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to come with an open mind. Right. I would, you know, needless to say, we tell them to wear a lot of sunscreen, you know, bring Band-Aids, bring a bill. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> you're going to die. <laughs> Only kidding. Only kidding. You know, we did have one little girl came, and she was like 11, and she right. wanted to come so bad. We do a junior boot camp as well in February, right. and um, <laughs> this little girl was such a trooper. She bled through the Band-Aids, through her glove, uh, and now she's the best player on St. John or John Carroll University's golf team, and she's won uh, College Player of the Week like a bunch of times, but... You know, wow. that's what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do to get better. That was the worst case I've ever <laughs> seen, but she's probably never hit that many balls in her life. Right. And, and you know what, that's good. I mean, you know, to have that kind of initiative and drive, you know, if you want to be, this is the thing that I think a lot of people, obviously everybody doesn't want to, you know, necessarily make it out on tour and, and, uh, or even necessarily have a, a collegiate career, but the, the, idea is that if you want to play better golf, you're going to have to put the work in. There's no magic sauce or, uh, you know, or, or fairy dust that we can sprinkle. Um, you know, we basically give you the tools to become a better player, but you have to go out and do the work. And if you're not prepared to do that, then you're not going to see any results. And I think that's, um, you know, that's something that a lot of people, I think, just don't get. Um, would you agree with that? <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah. I, again, I love the game of golf because some people have more talent than others, but that doesn't mean anything because nobody gets to be good without working at it. I mean, needless right. to say, Tiger Woods has got, you know, he was born, um, with more talent than most. Right. But, right look at how much work he's done to get back to where he is right now. I mean, that's the perfect example of you can get knocked down and thrown around. And some of it is, you know, self-inflicted and others it's from the outside. Sure. And, uh, but again, it, it, he has worked his butt off to get this much better, which well, is and, cool, and, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. And, and I think something to note too, you know, he, he had a vision and it, uh, I would hazard to say even a dream of what he wanted. And he said, okay, now what do I have to do? And of course he had guidance. I mean, his father and, and certain coaches along the way have helped navigate that. But essentially he had something inside of him that said, this is what I want. 
this is that sort of burning desire, if you will. Now, what do I have to do to get from point A to point B? And uh, again, as I said earlier, you know, not everybody maybe wants to go down that same path, but it doesn't matter what you do at life, whether it's to, you know, playing golf or, or some other career, um, you know, you have to have, first off, you have to have a desire and, and, and have passion about it. You have to enjoy what it is that you're going to do. And then you have to be willing um, to seek out people that have the knowledge and skill set that can help you achieve those goals. And, uh, and then once you've done that, then you have to take that information, make it your own, certainly, um, but then you have to put it into practice. And, and I think the other thing, too, Cindy, that you know, we can't emphasize enough, uh, and we've talked about many, many times on the show over the years, and that is if you are going to practice, and I'm going back to your golf game here, you have to practice with a purpose. Too many people just go to the range and hitting balls, and they think, okay, well, I'm getting practice tonight. You know, I spent an hour last week at the range. I come out this Saturday, and my game sucked, and they wonder why. It's because if they look at their practice session, they really didn't do anything to improve their game. Um, and, and that's a problem as well that we see quite often, correct? Yes, and I think, um, again, the other reason I love this is because you will never, ever master it. And right. our second guest, Juliata, I've seen her at Orange County National Golf Club. When we go down and do the boot camp, she and her mom are practicing on the range, and um, I'm going to mention this to her. I don't know if she'll remember it or not, but we came up to her. I said, do you mind if, can I introduce you to these kids, right? And right. can you, you know, talk to them for a few minutes and inspire them? And, and at that time, she was not exempt. And, and this young girl who's now qualified to be on the LPGA Tour next year has, has personally faced the ups and downs of I'm good enough, I'm not. I'm good enough, I'm not. And, and i got to tell you that the reason I love her, she's a nice kid no matter what, but she doesn't hit it very far. But right. she is deadly, deadly straight. So she's at a disadvantage, but she's okay with that because she can't do, you know, needless to say, I've never hit it that far either, and I've done everything in my power to, you know, buy yardage. <laughs> and uh, right. uh, if anybody's got 30, I'll, I'll buy it in a heartbeat. But she's just she never gives up and, right. and it's the fact that she and esther as both of them did not win an event means they're right. totally consistent they are week right. after week after week after week they may not have made a bunch of birdies and won the tournament but it doesn't matter because they did what they needed to do and they're both exempt for next year right let me just um just sort of going on with Julieta here for just a second, um, just to sort of further prove your point. You know, you mentioned that she's certainly not the furthest hitter, but some interesting notes, as I mentioned, in 2006, she, uh, after being on the Symmetra Tour in 05, uh, she finished actually in the number seven spot to get her card um, in 2006. But the interesting thing is, even though she's not a long ball hitter, she actually set, at that time, as, in her rookie season, uh, the LPGA Tour's uh, record for the most money earned uh, at 1.6 plus million dollars uh, in 2006, and it was later broken uh, several years later in 2014 by Lydia Ko, who uh, at that time got two point uh, or just over two million dollars. So this girl can certainly play, 
So you don't necessarily have to be the furthest uh, you know, out there. It certainly does give you some advantages. But this just goes to show that if you're a good, consistent player and you know how to play the game, you don't have to necessarily be the furthest ball striker. And, I mean, to get that kind of, uh, you know, um, money on the LPGA Tour uh, in a rookie year, that's pretty impressive as a player. Well, the other thing, totally impressive, but the other thing that's awesome is proof that you have to play within yourself. You have to play your own game. You know, the gift that God has given you, some hit it far, some hit it crooked, some hit it straight, some putt, some chip. Everybody gets to be good at something. And yeah. and the fact that she's not given up, because I'm sure the naysayers have said, well, you know, you're kind of old, you've been out here, you keep losing your yeah. card, you're probably not good enough. And it's like, you know what, shut up. I'm not done yet. Yeah. And there's proof. Yeah. So God bless her. I hope she plays great this year. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because – you know, it, it it just goes to show you the level of competitiveness that these girls go through. I mean, you know, as I mentioned back in 06, she made it out to the LPJ uh, Tour, obviously lost her card, and has had to come back to Sumatra in order to regain it. Um, and, you know, again, had a no-win season on the Sumatra, but managed to earn enough to put her in that top 10 to get back out there. So I can guarantee you, that, uh, you know, even though she's a little bit older, she's much wiser in her game. And I think she's going to go out there. And as you said, I think she's going to kick some butt uh, this season. I, I, I really uh, hope that and wish her uh, all the best for the season. Um, I, I've sent a message out. Uh, I'm not sure what's happened. I suspect um, that Esther, um, because she's in California, I'm assuming she's probably home in California, which is where she's from, uh, with the time difference, she's probably uh, she might still be getting a few uh, Z's. So um, we'll just sort of carry on and we'll we'll talk. And if she happens to jump in, great. If not, we'll wait for uh, Julieta and I'll try to see if we can get uh, Esther to come back uh, at a at a later point. But um, we'll we'll hold the fort here. So let me ask you. Let me um, ask you. I want to ask you a question. Yep. Can you go? Okay. I'm not online. I'm in the car. But can you go online and see how many years was Julieta on the tour? before she had to go back to Symmetric. She played out there for a while, and she won a tournament. Yeah, I think it looks like here that, um, as I said, she got her tour card in 06 and was out there for a number of years, and it looks like she came back, um, I think, actually last year. I think she lost it last year, according to uh, to what I've got here. So... Um, you figure that's, uh, six, seven, what, uh, 06 to 12. She was out there for quite a few years. Yeah, exactly. And she won. Yeah. I remember her other, winning. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can, I can actually tell you, I'll, in fact, I'll give you some of the, the, um, uh, some of the, the highlights, if you will. Uh, she was a, a Rolex first time winner at the 2006 ADT championship where she earned, uh, an LPGA record, $1 million winner share. So obviously she won uh, in that event there. Uh, and she actually became the first Paraguayan-born player to capture an LPGA Tour title, which was, again, she had seven top uh, 10 finishes across 18 starts. Uh, she also played on the uh, on the ladies' European Tour between 2009-2011, won the gold medal at the 2014 South American Games and a bronze medal at the 2015 Pan American Games. 
uh, obviously, uh, you know, donning her nation's colors. She crossed the four million mark in her career LPGA Tour earnings with a tied 22nd uh, showing at the 2015 Many Life LPGA Classic. So she obviously did have a win out in the LPGA uh, and all, obviously had uh, some other uh, very successful runs, if you will. She's just a solid player. And I, and I think, you know, and she's 32. So, you know, she mentioned she's getting a little bit older for uh, compared to some of the others that we, we've spoken with here. Um, but, it, you know, you're talking about on a global scale, I mean, a, a lot of top, top players playing out in the LPGA. So uh, she's certainly holding her own. It's not an easy, you know, it's not like you're out there and you're the only one, uh, Cindy, as you know, there's a lot of uh, competition for, now not just from the United States, but globally. I think you got muted there, uh, Cindy. I did. All right, I think, yeah. You did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. Okay. Yes, it is. No, it's a global tour, Ted. It's a global tour. So, yes, all yeah, over the and- world. Yeah. So, you but know, you know what? None this, of that matters. If you look in the mirror and you say, I'm going to bloom right where I'm planted and I'm going to get as good as I can get for what I've got, that's what she's done. So, yeah, and that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me ask you something. What I was going to ask you before you asked me that, um, you know, go, going back to the boot camps for a second, because I know we've actually had a few of the young ladies on, on the show here and actually, you know, Cindy, as we're, we're getting ready here over the next month or so to, to kind of wrap up our season, uh, if you can swing it, no pun intended, uh, I would like to get some of the young girls that you had on earlier or even some new ones uh, from your boot camps or, or that work with you in your junior programs, uh, maybe to come on the show and talk a little bit more uh, about their experience. So that would be maybe some great guests uh, coming up because I think it'd be interesting to get their perspective, what they're thinking about, what, um, you know, some of the things that they've learned so far and uh, maybe what some of their future aspirations are. But uh, so let's work on that if we can to get maybe a few of them on uh, for, for a show. So, um, but what I was going to ask you was, you know, you've, you've dealt with a range from very, very young up to the collegiate level. And I'm talking about just the, the, some of the the junior boot camps and things like that. Um, What do you find is, based on some of the individuals that you've worked with, what are some of the signs that you get very early on? Okay, this, this person's going to um, not necessarily win everything, but has, has got that fire inside them. What are some of the things, the signals that you see um, that, that sort of give you that uh, uh, sign, if you will, that, okay, this person's uh, going to come out and do well? They've got to want to do this. It's got to be their dream and wish and want rather than their parents. And then what I see is they work on it when I don't tell them they need to. And there's very few of those players. We've got a young girl who's, who lives 90 minutes away, whose sister uh, is playing D1 soccer for Virginia Tech, and their parents drove the sister to Buffalo for practice four days a week, 90 minutes one way. Now, Mm. they did that for the last, you know, five or six or seven years for the older sister. So they understand the commitment level. And now Mm. this is the youngest one in the house, and she's been coming for a couple years, 
she just, you know, she broke 80 this year. And she just really started two years ago. So wow. she practices on her own. When she comes, I tell her mom, you know, dump her off, go shopping, go do something, and leave her here for a few hours. And she does everything we ask her to do. And she really works on it individually in pieces. You know, when you're developing a golf swing, there's little pieces that have to get refined before you move on to the next level. Whereas a lot of kids or parents, well, he's got to play in a tournament next week. Well, okay, this is, you know, this is maintenance mode rather than get better mode. And Alan is working with a young girl right now, Chelsea D'Antonio, which Chelsea's been on the show. And Chelsea graduated from Winthrop, and she wants to turn pro next year around this time. So I'm going to make her listen to Julieta because they've got a lot in common. They're shy, they're quiet, they're steady, they don't hit it real far, but they're absolutely deadly with the short game. So um, Chelsea's working on her game. She's got a game plan for what she's going to do and how she's going to turn pro when she's going to do it. So it's diligence, it's belief, it's the want the wish, and then the work. And only then will you get the, the win. And, and right. you know, it's funny, too, that I'm reading a book by Bo Eason called There's No uh, Plan B for Your A Game. And this guy played professional football for two or three seasons and then got hurt, and now he's doing all this other stuff. And and the the mindset that a player has to have is way different than a fan. And this book, it, it, it talks like Alan and I are talking to each other because we ha- Alan and I happen to be the only married couple in the world that have played on all four major tours. And, and I thought, well, big deal, you know. Well, that is a big deal because we both independently had to put in that time, effort, and energy and work into what we wanted to achieve. And you have to do that if you want to play. I mean, there are so many kids out there on that Symmetra tour um, or the buy.com or whatever it is, the corn Ferry tour, all these other tours, there's thousands of them. And right. maybe 1% will make it. And why? Mm-hmm. And again, yeah. Julieta is a perfect example of, you know, she's got – all the pieces, and most people would bet against her. But she's got the fire and the drive to work at it, and she's not giving up, which is what I yeah, love. I mean, that's, that's the kid you love. It's like, oh, I don't care what anybody says about me. I'm not listening to the committee. I'm going to do it on my yeah. own. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's interesting. It's a great point because, you know, if you think back, Cindy, over the season particularly, and we've, we talked about this recently, you know, if you look at um, some of the young ladies that came up uh, on the show, they won a tournament, and you know we talked to them uh, about their season, and many of them had, um, and I don't like to use the word slump, but they had a period or a stretch on the season where they were really down on their game. They just didn't feel, you know, that they could do any better, and and so on and so forth. And until they changed that mindset, they really weren't doing very well. And as soon as they did, lo and behold, what happened? They won an event. So. You know, it, it just goes to show what you said. It, you know, if you're listening to, uh, you know, the committee of they, or you're you're sometimes even listening in your own head, all those negative thoughts. You know, you might not be playing your best game this week, but you grind it out anyways, and you do 
what you need to do to make it better next week. But if you listen to all of those negative thoughts coming in, I don't care how good of a ball striker you are, it's going to have an effect. Look at Tiger Woods. He's a perfect example. Um, I'm sure there was a point there um, shortly after 2010 when sort of the wheels fell off the bus that he was probably saying to himself, you know, this isn't working or that's not working, and look at all the changes he tried to make. And obviously he had some injuries in there as well and, and some, some other issues, but um, but he obviously knew deep down that he had the game and the ability to be the best player in the world. And, yeah, it took him some time. It took a lot of hard work, but look where he is now. He's, you know, moving in the right direction. And you have to do that. And Julieta is another good example. You know, she had her tour card in 06, obviously lost it at some point. Um, she could have just said, okay, yeah, I played out in the LPGA, had a pretty good run, but you know what? Uh, it's time to move on, do something else. No, this is something obviously that she wants to do and is passionate about. So she dug deep and went back in, and here she is. She's going back out again uh, for next season. So it, it just goes to show you that it, it, it's not about your necessarily your physical abilities. You obviously have to have talent. You have to have uh, a certain amount of physical ability, but it's what goes on inside between the ears and in your heart um, that's going to dictate whether you're going to be successful or not. Yep, for sure. Right. All right. Absolutely. Um, well, we wait. Yeah. Uh, again, I apologize. We're we're moving into the next segment here, and hopefully, uh, Julieta will be coming on board. And I apologize. Uh, not sure what happened to, to Esther, um, but we'll see if we can get her on another show. But Cindy, let's. Uh, we'll take a, a, a sort of a quick little break here and listen to your promotional spot to so help set that up. Well, um, if you play, if you if you work in a business where you've been invited to play golf and you don't want to go because you don't want to make a fool of yourself, but you realize the access that knowing how to play will give you, you know, the access to business leaders, then take a listen. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to CindyMillerInc.com. All right, and I would strongly urge anybody listening to the show uh, to do just that. Go to CindyMillerInc.com after the show, and all of her contact information is there. Uh, reach out, and uh, she will definitely uh, make that happen for you. Um, you know, just very quickly, and boy, I'll tell you, hopefully Ulietta calls in here real soon because I'm going to feel really silly here. We're going to have to talk for 30 minutes more uh, on our own. Um, but it happens. But... You know, just going back to what we were talking about here, um, you know, Cindy, you know, we, we see so many players, um, you know, over um, the last several years out on tour who, you know, have a phenomenal game but just don't seem to make anything happen. Uh, and then you see others that, you know, they're not necessarily the number one in ball striking or they're not number, uh, you know, one in driving distance. Um, but seem to have everything, um, you know, the red carpet rolls out for them, it seems. Um, so that really says a lot about the mental side of the game, doesn't it? It does. It does. You know what's funny? I was at the French Lick event, and I'm on the range, and 
walking around, and as you know, I was first alternate, and I never got in the event, but I really like Helen Alfredson. And I went up and I said, All right, I'm going to videotape you. Do you care? And she goes, no, go ahead. And she starts talking about kids and what she's doing and some of the kids that she helps and how they went and bought this, 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 and this. And she goes, you know what? I just told him none of that crap matters. You just got to learn how to get the ball in the hole. And I, and I said, can I videotape you saying that, please? <laughs> you know? And she said, well, yeah, of course. You know. And and so it, that's what it boils down to. you got to get the ball in the hole. And if you're focused on getting the ball in the hole, you'll learn how to get the ball in the hole. If you're focused on, you know, oh, I, my parents are this, and i got to do that, and i got to finish here in this tournament, and those are all results, and you can't focus on that. You've got to know how to get the ball in the hole, and you have to fall in love with it. It's just like Alejandra Linnea said to us a few weeks ago, you know, I went back to remembering when I was a little girl and I would go out on the golf course and I would play all by myself and I had fun. And that's what I did. Had fun. And there you go. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know yourself, Cindy, I mean, you've, you've had your fair share of ups and downs and, and, you know, there was, I'm sure a lot of times uh, over your career on the LPJ um, and even legends tour where, you know, things were, were going well and you were playing well and, and um, you know, you were feeling that everything was in stride. And then obviously there were other weeks, um, probably more weeks than, than not. And I think that's something that people don't understand. You know, even when they look at these winners, even somebody like a Tiger Woods, I mean, obviously he does really well uh, or has done really well week in, week out, but he doesn't win every single tournament. And, you know, people are surprised and shocked. Oh, I can't believe so-and-so didn't win this week. Um, and they don't realize that you have more losses than you do wins out on tour. Um, and I'm sure, you know, when Alan was uh, active out on the PGA Tour, um, you know, I'm sure that, you know, there were weeks that he felt his game was, was spot on, and then there were obviously weeks where things weren't going uh, as planned. And that's just something that mentally you have to deal with. So I, I guess I want to ask you this question is, what did you do in moments when things just weren't going? You just weren't hitting it well. You just didn't feel comfortable over the ball, let's say, um, and and the shots just weren't coming out of the bag. What did you do? What did you say to yourself to try and get yourself back and, and refocused? Well, you know, it's funny. I did this last week. Um, it was, you know, if anybody's listened to the show more than a couple times, they know that my, my miss goes left and I have to fix left. And so, we were babysitting the kids, and we got to take them to daycare so we could have a little reprieve during the day. And we went over to Orange County National and played the par 3 course. And I need to go out on the course by myself and be still so I can listen to my own voice. And I was with me. He was riding in the cart, and I, and I said to him, you're always asking the question, why? Why did I do that? What happened? Why did it go where it go, went? And what did I do to make that happen? Because you're the only one holding the club. So that little thing, you know, I, my mission is I'm not going to quit playing until I can solve that, right? So right. I said to him, I believe it's how I'm walking into it. So it's not like, oh, I want to hit it left and come over the top. No, I'm not trying to do that. No one tries to miss the ball. No one, right? Right. 
So right. it's like, okay, so what's the deeper reason here? So I'm not really answering your question, but I am because it's not sometimes, you know, you stop and say, okay, well, if I could be confident standing over the ball, would I have the courage to play well? Well, yeah, if I was confident, well, then why aren't you confident? Because I'm not sure what I'm doing. So I don't have the clarity and the certainty of what I'm doing. Okay, so what's, why? why? How are you going to fix that? Well, it's how I was walking in open, then would walk around and end up shut, then looking over my left shoulder, and even though I'm right-eye dominant, so I'm aiming right, looking left, where's the ball going? Left of the world. So now you have to change how you walk into it, and you've got to be open, and you have to look out to the target, not across. You know, so again, I know I'm probably confusing people, but why do I miss it? It's because I'm not set up right, and my subconscious mind is having an argument with my, conscious, with my body saying, wait a minute, where are you going? So you need to realize that your subconscious mind is very, very powerful, and right. when you're making changes, your conscious mind has to say, no, we are doing this. We are not doing that. So that's a long, probably not exact answer that you were looking for. <laughs> no. But no, what I'm perfect. saying, <clears throat> so again, if there's an issue, you have to stop and say, well, why is the ball doing that? It's a result, right? You don't want that result. Okay. What caused right. the result? And that's not an opinion. That's a fact. So a lot yeah. of people, you know, we teach golf up in Buffalo and we give a lot of lessons and sometimes people leave. And so it's not that, oh, well, Cindy's terrible. It's, they don't want to look in the mirror for what's causing the bad shot. You follow? Right. I mean, the facts are the facts. Yeah. And, and you have to, you know, the ball goes left when the face is left. So why is the face left? And what are you doing to make the face be left? So sometimes they don't want to hear that because they want somebody to pat them on the back. Um, but, again, we're all looking for a quick solution. And that's not always going to happen. You have to really dig deep and expose the elephants, you know, because I yeah. would stand over the shot and say, why is it doing that? You know, well, I, I don't feel great standing over the ball. Well, why? Well, because you're walking into it funny and then your, your ball position's wrong and then your right shoulder's forward and then, you know, you're picking it up and you're coming over the, now it's like, oh, wow. And again, you'll go through, what's the word, um, you know, different stages. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said to Alan, how long have I been swinging like this? <laughs> you know, and it's probably <laughs> been four, five, six years. It's like, what the hell? Right. You, can play, you can play yourself into a slump. Because yeah, what you'll true. do is you'll start trying to control the ball and the outcome of the shot, which I, I must say, if you watched Tiger Woods last, the other day, Sunday night, or whenever it was. Yep. Um, holy cow, that guy was trusting. Trusting. Totally, mm-hmm. like, totally in command. Like, get out of my way. I'm going here, 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 and here. Kaboom. In the hole, yep. in the Masters. You know, there you go. It's, and, and you could tell. Whereas Hideki started to steer it. Ball went to the right. In the bunker. You know, he missed that short birdie putt. That was protect. Tiger was on pursuit mode. And went. You watched the interview at the end. 
he said, um, we were watching everything Hideki was doing because that was going to determine what club I was going to hit off 18. Mm-hmm. And, and so everything was premeditatedly planned out to pursue that win. Whereas some people are always protecting and fearful. There's a huge difference there. You know, just just an interesting side note on uh, on Tiger Woods. Now, obviously, I've I've never spoken with her or met him in person, but I had um, the pleasure of interviewing somebody uh, on on my Thursday evening show uh, who has not only followed uh, his career very closely, but is is you know literally friends with him. Uh, and I'm talking about Peter Kessler. And what was really interesting, Peter mentioned one one time on on one of the shows that he was with me, that Tiger actually has nine shots in his bag for every shot. So in other words, when he gets over over the ball, he has nine different shots that he can play depending on the <laughs> circumstance. Oh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you think about it, that's why he's as good. You know, he had, you know, and we see this, oh, he's played such and such a shot. He knows when he, and, and, and there's other factors. It's not just um, the course conditions, but as you said, it depends on what the other player has done. And it's not so, well, he's just, you know, he's pulled out a different club. That's it. No, he has multiple, multiple shots that he, you know, flips through the Rolodex, if you will, in his mind. This is the shot I need to play at this particular time. That is the difference between somebody that plays at his level and somebody that goes out on the weekends, you know, with their, with their buddies or their friends or their business associates and things like that. This is a champion. This is why he just won his 82nd tournament and tied with Sam Snead because of that ability. And that's something that you have to work at. He certainly, as you mentioned earlier, he certainly had some God-given talent uh, from a very, very early age, but he also worked very, very hard from a very young age to where he is now and then reworked at some point in his career. And, you know, obviously that's a rarity. That's a a diamond in the rough, if you will. Not everybody is going to be able to accomplish that. But it goes to show you that if you want something bad enough, you will go out and do what it need, what needs to happen in order to make it happen. And, I mean, that just blew me away when Peter mentioned that on the show, and I thought, wow, I mean, nine shots. I'm, I'm lucky if I got one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that I can I mean, right? when I want to. Right. But, again, right. it's a exactly. business to him. This is all premeditatedly planned out in a business. So how cool is that, though? I mean, we should all learn from that. That's right, exactly. awesome. And, and, and that doesn't mean that we all need to run out and start, okay, well, I gotta, you know, I've got two shots now, and I've got to work on number three. No. He had a specific mindset, and he created and developed. They actually said, and, I, and I've heard this mentioned a number of times, uh, both on the Golf Channel and, and through some of his earlier uh, uh, coaches and, and different coaches that he's, he's worked with along the years, that actually Tiger really didn't need, uh, especially when he got to the level he did in the early 2000s. Um, you know, he didn't need Butch Harmon. He didn't need, uh, you know, some of the others that were, that were out there. Um, his golf abilities are so vastly superior that really it, he just wanted another set of eyes. 
because he has the ability. He knows exactly when he does, just as you pointed out earlier, you know, when the ball does this or such and such does that, he knows exactly what he did wrong as soon as it happens. It's not like he had to go back and, and, and run, to, run to his coach and say, you know, I don't understand why this happened. He knows why it happened. That's why he kind of well, you know, gets down the other on thing. Right. I think it's beautiful that he finally said, you know what, I'm done with all the coaches. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do what I want to do. And he, and to be honest with you, he's swinging way better. He's not. He's still throwing his body at it a little bit on the follow through, but at least at impact, he's staying in position, which is why the ball's going so much straighter. You know. So. Right. You know, again, how long does it take to learn? Well, I, I mean, this kid's what, 42? Yeah. Lifetime. And been doing it, yeah, a lifetime. You know, and it goes back to another, you know, another player. I remember uh, earlier on, of course, he's not playing, uh, you know, competitively uh, anymore. But um, uh, Nick Faldo, you know, Nick Faldo was a very, very, you know, he actually uh, going back in his early days uh, on the European tour, um, you know, he was nicknamed El Faldo because he just couldn't get it done. Uh, and he would just choke a lot. He just would not play very well. Of course, he, he very famously got together with David Ledbetter and went out there and uh, rebuilt and retooled and recrafted, if you will, his golf game uh, to a point where he won uh, six majors. And, you know, you know, he just, um, you know, did a, 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 a complete turnaround and went out and won. But the point I'm making is, even though he got to such a high level, he still continually worked on his game. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? It never, it, it, it never ended. So, so it's the respect. Um, the game gets your respect. Right. You know? Right, exactly. All right. We're going to um, end the show a little bit uh, earlier than normal. Uh, our apologies uh, to the listeners who were uh, tuning in to, to hear Esther and uh, Julieta. I'm not sure what happened. I'll find out. Um, but it looks like uh, they weren't able to, to join us this morning, and I suspect probably – uh, some travel issues or uh, time zone issues. I'm not sure, but we'll try to get them back on a future show. Um, but uh, we hope you at least uh, got a few nuggets from uh, this morning's broadcast, and uh, we look forward to you joining us uh, the next time. Cindy, you're going to be off for the next couple of weeks. I'll be back next week um, with Mike Nichols, the Chief Business Officer uh, for the Symmetra Tour to sort of wrap up the 2019 season. He's going to give us a, an overview, and assessment of, of uh, how he feels the season went. Uh, and then uh, we'll see beyond that. But uh, we appreciate you tuning in this morning. Again, our apologies that the guests uh, weren't able to show up, but uh, we'll, we'll get that hammered out for next time. But on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you very much uh, for tuning into the Women of Golf this morning. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.